Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. For your adversary will make it easy to listen. Your adversary will make it easy to hear. He will appeal to that which is sensible and rational in your mind. And then he'll do it over and over and over from many angles. But you must, you must recognize it for what it is. It is an attack against the provision that God wants you to have. It is an attack against your health and your prosperity and your blessing and your call and your destiny. So this day, put a watch on your mind and use your words of faith to counter what the enemy tries to put into your mind and say, no, I will serve the Lord and I will stand upon His Word and I will not look for things to make sense or to be rational to me, but I will step out on the goodness and mercy of my Father knowing that it's in His hands and that His blessing is upon me. If you will do that, then your days of battle will be over and the victory will be yours and the provision that has been withheld will flow into your life and you will rejoice at the goodness of your Heavenly Father. So this day, muster that resistance on the inside of you and tell your adversary no. Get a great big no in you for him and a great big yes to your father and you will see the blessing flow like never before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, what a good word. Woo, what a good word. Lift up your hands and thank God for it. Thank Praise you. the Lord. Well, we've got a little time to study the subject of faith for finances. Praise the Lord. If you will, go to the book of Joshua real quick, chapter 1. And we're going to dig into these scriptures. Now, let me just say this. To go over and over and over the simplicity of the actual application of your obedience. Now, let me say that again. To go over and over and over the simplicity of the actual application of your obedience is really not necessary because it is so simple. If you want to prosper, you have to obey God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. One translation says the best of the land. One translation says the best thing that the land has to offer will be yours. One says the best crops will belong to you. Amen? One of them, what was the message? Uh, uh, willing and obedient and you'll feast like kings. But if you rebel, uh, you'll die like dogs. <laughs> I don't want to die like a dog. Amen. And I think many times we think, well, you know, Pastor, I, I know I'm supposed to tithe. I know I'm supposed to offer, give to missions, do all those kind of things. But I really struggle with that. Well, that's why we're teaching on this, because we're really not trying to work on the practical application side of it. We're trying to work on the character side or the faith side of it. So you can see in the Word of God that God is a good God, a faithful God, and wants to bless you beyond your imagination. Now, I've got friends, good friends, close friends, and I've got acquaintances. And they have not gotten into the ditch with this message. They have walked in the fullness of it. And when they talk about God being a good God, they're not just talking about God being Ford and Chevy good and, and, and a coach airline ticket on Delta good. So it gets real quiet when you start talking like this because a lot of people do not know how big their God is. Amen. They're not just talking about, you know, uh, an efficiency apartment somewhere for $100. That's, listen, if that's where you are, good. You've got a place to start. Amen. Lee and I had a place to start when we got married. A little $200 house that was falling down around us. I mean, it was just, it was just barely, barely livable. But that's where we started. 
And we found out in 32 years of marriage, God wants a, is a good God, and He wants to bless you on every level. And I totally believe and preach and have experienced. God wants you to have the best. The best. The best house. You say, what do you mean by the best house? The best house you can believe Him for. Uh, the, be the best clothes. Eat the best food. Drive the best vehicles. Man, I, I tell you, I love driving up in the, in the Island Church parking lot and seeing all these beautiful cars, but I tell you, there ought to be some more. Amen. You know, we were preaching down in Nicaragua back in the 90s quite a lot. And the initial church building uh, that the church got into there was an old theater uh, that was just run down. And then over the years, we were able to participate with that church there, and they built a beautiful building. Now, while they were in that old theater, 99% of the church came through public transportation. And one day I got up and dared, in, in Managua, Nicaragua, I dared to preach on prosperity. Which according to poverty uh, uh, statistics, Managua, Nicaragua is only one step above Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Did you get that? These are incredibly impoverished people that have been decimated by communism, by evil dictators, by all kinds of evil people that have just robbed the nation of its wealth. Well, I got up and dared to prophesy and dared to preach, God wants to bless you. God wants to increase you. God wants to take you from where you are. And I begin to prophesy that when you get into that new building down there, you're going to have Mercedes Benz. You're going to have Lexuses. You're going to have, and I begin to name all that. And I thought to myself, I thought to myself as I was saying that, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? These people ride public transportation to get to church and put coins in the offering. Wasn't but a few years later. I'd say about five years later, we went and dedicated that new church. And you know what the parking lot was full of? Mercedes-Benzes, Lexuses, Isuzu Troopers, uh, what are the, the Toyota, uh, the ones you can't get here, Hilux, the Toyota Hiluxes. Well, the whole parking lot was full of cars. And I brought that back to their remembrance and they just got up and shouted and ran all over the church. You say, why? Because God is a good God. I said, God is a good God. And He desires to bless you, but you've got to cooperate with Him. And you've got to be willing and you've got to be obedient. And as you are willing and obedient, and as God schools you in His dynamics of economics, His dynamics of economy, He will literally bring you up higher than what your paycheck can produce or higher than the money you currently have in your pocket can produce. You say, what do you mean? Listen, your job, your business, it's just putting seed in your hand. It's all it's doing. You putting that seed in the ground is going to produce supernatural harvest in your life. I've seen it over and over and over and over. There are two big uh, corporations that give millions, probably even billions of dollars into Christianity. I know one of them paid off uh, uh, Oral Roberts University. They wrote two checks, uh, one for $22 million, another for $22 million. How would you like to be able to do that? One of them is Chick-fil-A, the other is Hobby Lobby. Anybody ever shop there or eat there? I mean, you know, and Chick-fil-A still even open on Sunday. Amen. You say, well, what, what point are you trying to make? Both of those businesses started off as just little old bitty nothing businesses and God put a dream in them and they began to obey God through just simple tithing and offering of what they had and God exploded their businesses. Amen. Amen. Well, how much you want is determined on how much you want to obey God. You obey God a little, you're going to get a little. You obey God a lot, you're going to get a lot. 
And then there are some of us that have gotten to a place where we're totally dependent upon God. I'm totally dependent upon God for my paycheck twice a month. Totally dependent upon God to pay all the bills of this building. Totally dependent upon God to pay for the, sal the salaries of all the staff that God has brought here. Totally dependent upon God for all the missions money that comes in, for the building that we're building, the vision of the house, the dream of the church. But I tell you what, I like that better than any other place I've ever been in my life because God can be trusted. And when we started out this series, uh, this, this, this part of faith, teaching on this part of faith in, was you have to learn to trust God. Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Now your own understanding will scream at you. How is he going to do this? How is he going to? You've got to dismiss that out of your mind. You cannot think about how is God going to do this because God can do it in a hundred thousand different ways if you will not limit Him. Amen? Now, in, 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 in Joshua chapter 1, then we're going to go over to, uh, to Luke chapter 15. Joshua chapter 1, God speaking to Joshua says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is according to written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Now through this one scripture, we see some very powerful principles. Number one, you need the Word. Now I'm going to just say this to you, and don't get mad at me, but it's the truth. Your level of prosperity is going to be directly proportionate to the level of the Word of God that is working in your life. Now let me say that again your level of prosperity is going to be directly proportionate to the level of the Word of God working in your life. So the more of the Word of God you can get working in your life, the more you're going to prosper. The Word will prosper you. I said the Word will prosper you. Meditate on the Word. Read the Word. Study the Word. Get into the Word of God. Have the Word of God taught to you. Speak the Word. Worship with the Word. Rehearse the Word back to God. Put Him in remembrance. Talk to God about finances. I guarantee you if you'll do it on the level of the Word, you will prosper. Amen. Amen. But now notice what it says here. Read it off the screen. That thou may observe us to do it. Without the Word, you're never going to obey. You have to have the Word in order. That's why I'm never critical of people that don't give. Because most people really do not not give out of rebellion. Most people really do not not give out of fear. What if I had 10% of my income? I can't live like that. If I were to give extra money to missions, I mean, I wouldn't have money for food. See, it's a trust issue. David said it like this, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. What you're saying to the Lord is, if I obey you, you'll forsake me. If I obey you, you'll forsake me. And if there's a fear there in your heart that if you obey God and He's going to forsake you, you need more word. You don't need to be chastised. You don't need to be whipped. You don't need to be criticized. It's just a sign that your word level is not where it needs to be. And you need to come on up in your word level till you can trust God and write that tithe check and write that offering check and trust that God's going to take care of you. Now, a lot of people, they have this mentality, and it is not true. They think this, well, I tell you what, if I was to sell out to God, I mean totally sell out to God and tithe and offer and, and do what I'm supposed to do in the church and, and read the Word of God and be a witness, I'm telling you, I, that, 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 you're talking about living a hard life, preacher. No, I'm not. Jesus said, my burden is easy. 
and my yoke is light. Actually, I'm talking about the good life. I'm telling you, this is the funnest, most adventurous, most glorious life anybody can ever live on this planet, and God is drawing you into it. Don't dig your heels in. But now notice again, meditate there day and night so that you can be obedient to do all that is written. For who? Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Thou shalt have good success. So prosperity and good success is our responsibility. Now see, we don't like that, that R word. I mean, we want everybody else to take responsibility, but not us. But if you really want to prosper beyond your ability to earn a wage, if you really want to prosper beyond your ability to make money in your business, if you really want to prosper beyond your investments and that which you invest into whatever you invest into, if you really want to see something supernatural come into your life financially, you're going to have to trust God and you're going to have to recognize it's my responsibility to do it. And if you will take that responsibility, God will take you in His arms and He will assure you and He will help you and He will hold you and He will keep you and you'll have money you never had before and you'll have stuff you'll never had before and you'll go places you've never gone before and you'll look back and say, how is all this happening? Can I get a witness? Has anybody ever experienced anything like that? Amen. Now, Go, if you will, to the book of Luke. Let me show you something here. Luke chapter 15, very familiar story. We preach it all different methods, all different ways. But I want to preach it today or teach it to you today on the level of finances. Because I believe there's as much financial revelation in this story as there is revelation of returning to God, revelation of repentance, revelation of other things. Now notice, verse 11, Luke chapter 15, he said, or Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. Everybody say two sons. And the younger of them, now notice the word younger, that you know, immature, the younger of them, said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him them his living. Now I'm not going to try to figure out why the father did this. I, you know, he just did this. He just did it. This younger son, this immature son, he came to obviously a wealthy father, and the father in this parable is a type of God. And notice what he said. Now notice this. He said, now give me. Everybody say, give me. Now, many times when we start out serving God, our mentality is a give me mentality. Every time we go to prayer, it's Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to give you something. Let me try that again. You might need to understand that. There's nothing wrong with asking God to give you something. And you know, sometimes we're so spiritual. You know, well, asking God to give us a building, well, that's good. And asking God to bless the missionaries, well, that's good. And asking God to help the, help the unwed mothers, well, that's all well and good. Well, man, I've asked God for all kinds of things. I've got things I ask God for hanging on my walls. You say, what do you mean on my I've got beautiful paintings. I like to collect, collect. Lee and I used to collect a lot of art from Hawaii, but I like art, period. So I've got beautiful art. I've got nice deer heads. I've got stuffed ducks. I've got guns hanging on the wall. I've got all kinds of good stuff all around me. And every one of them has a testimony of how God gave me that or how when I was doing that or got that, that I was able to minister to somebody. Every one of them. 
I can't pick a, a deer head on my wall or something hanging up there that I don't have a testimony of how the goodness of God did something while that was going on to get somebody saved, healed, touched by the power of God or ministered to by the Lord Jesus Christ. All my stuff is connected to Him. Amen? And, uh, and uh, uh, nice boats, nice cars, uh, nice homes to live in. God is not against that. Actually, He loves to give that to people. How many would like a better house? Then believe God for it. How many would like a better car? Just a few? Amen? I mean, God loves to pour those things out upon His people and under the covenant that we just read out of Joshua, He blessed them with the wealth of nations. Not just Egypt, but all the nations they went in to possess. After Jericho, they were able to keep the gold, the silver, the cattle, and then they took over the vineyards, the ranches, and the farms. And God says, you are literally reaping out of vineyards you did not plant, and you're growing up cattle and sheep from those that you did not have. They're yours now. What did they do? They went in and possessed it. Now here's this younger son, and he gets a windfall. From the Father. Amen? So what does he do with his windfall? Here we go. He said, Not many days after, the younger son gathered together and took his journey into a far country. Now notice this. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now I want you to know, I've lived riotously before. And riotous living will bankrupt you. Let me say that again riotous living, especially if you take what is of God and God's blessing and you go to the world with it. I've seen guys do that. I've seen families do that. I've seen businesses do that where they take what God had blessed them with and said, forget God, forget the things of God. I'm going right back into the world, right back to the way things used to be. Let me just say something to you. Did you know the world's not going to welcome you back? They want to believe that what you're doing is right and when they see you prospering and being blessed, they know there's a God. But when they see you come back, did you know you violate their hope? I actually had a guy tell me that one time. I, I was hoping, Rusty, that what you were doing was right. Amen? Now notice this. He wasted his substance, that which the Father had given him with riotous living. And when he had spent all, everybody say spent all. Now here's a key. You say why? Whatever the Father wants to bless you with, as long as you keep it in the Father's house, He has control of it. Now see, that's, that's where a lot of people don't like that. Well, I don't like anybody having no control over me, especially over my money. Well, I'll tell you one thing, buddy. If you want somebody to have control over your money, it's going to cause your money to explode, your money to grow, and your money to be a blessing. You want God to have it. And when God has control over your blessing, He has a way of causing it to multiply in your life. And you look around and you go, my goodness, where did all this stuff come from? How did I get all this stuff? God literally has a way of doing that in your life. It's not natural, it's supernatural. But if you take what God blesses you with and you take it back into the world and back into the world system and you refuse to obey God and you refuse to do what God says with your money, there will come an end to your blessing. That's exactly what happened to this prodigal son. He says he spent all, everybody say he spent all, 
and there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Now notice this. The timing was bad. Everybody say timing. That was not a good time to take a big chunk of your inheritance and run to the world with it. And to buy everybody the drinks, and buy everybody the weed, and buy everybody the coke, and party, 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 and then all of it's gone, and then all of the money for all of the party of the world dries up. Now nobody's partying because the entire place is in famine. And he began to be in want. God does not want his children in want. David wrote the, the most beautiful psalm, Psalms 23, which is a type of the dispensation we live in when Jesus is our good shepherd, chief shepherd, and high shepherd. He said it like this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I've heard people go, Well, God will give you what you need, but He'll never give you what you want. That's not true. David said it like this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why, David? Why, King David, do you not want? Because He's given me everything I wanted. See, that, that, I can tell I'm bouncing up against religious mindsets. <sighs> Pastor, you sell like them guys on TV that fly those jets and, and have all that money and, the, you know, that, that, what is it, news, news line and all these people talk about how mean they are and bad. That. Why in the world would you get information from any preacher about any preacher from the world? And believe it. Amen. I mean, even, even when it comes to, to, to somebody, you know, and I'm not some multimillionaire or anything like that, but I am your pastor. And if somebody comes up and just starts ripping me down, you ought to have more sense than to not know where that comes from. You know, we live in a time, I saw this years ago, it was very interesting. And I knew it was going to be an attack that would eventually how can I say this, leech itself into the church. When, when people in, in high office in our nation begin to do some questionable things, and then other people even in offices that they stood in did not value the office that they stood in, and they begin to bring dishonor to it. And it caused the whole nation to begin to dishonor authority. And that began to leech into the church where that all kinds of people begin to dishonor the ministry gifts that God had placed in their life. Well, all these people that come, people like, people like Brother Dustin that's going to be here in a couple of weeks, which by the way, they're moving here. Do y'all not know that? They got their house, glory to God. And I think they're coming next month and then moving, in, uh, moving into their home in July. So they're going to be members of Island Church. You say, well, I've seen some people leave. I've seen them come. I'm not watching the ones that's leaving. I'm watching the ones that are coming because God is sending us some good people. Amen. Now, the point I'm trying to make is don't dishonor any authority. That is, that is literally an attack against your mindset that can cost you financially. Honor our president. I don't like him. Well, you, you probably won't like the next one or the next one after that, but if you live long enough, there might be one elected you like. Honor the man that wears the badge. So much harm or hurt would not have happened in our nation if somebody would have just said, okay, and turned around and put their hands behind their back. You see, is it that simple? It's that simple. 
So honor those that teach and preach the Word of God. If you do that, you'll honor the Word that they teach and preach. But there is a conspiracy in the spirit realm to try to get you to dishonor any authority in your life. Amen? So here he is. He spent all. There arose a famine, and he began to be in want. Now notice, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Now to a young Jewish heir of, of, of an estate, this is the biggest insult that can happen to him. And I'm telling you, this is exactly what the world wants to do, is the world system wants to put you into a place that not only insults you, but insults your father. I know I've been there in my life. I've been there in my life, and it's not a good place at all. It says, and he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat. Now notice this, and no man gave unto him. Now I want you to hear that real, real, real close. Pull that into your heart. Now notice the phrase again. No man, what? Gave to him. Now this literally is a principle of the world system. What is the principle of the kingdom of God? Say it. Give and what will happen? And it comes back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, shall. Just the opposite of this. Just the opposite of what you sow into the kingdom of God. The world does what? You give it all into the world. You know, they call it sowing your wild oats. Well, honey, when you sow your wild oats, you're going to get a wild crop. <laughs> Amen? No, no, no. You sow into the kingdom of God and just the opposite is true. It comes back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But now notice this. This is the part I'm trying to get to. My time's running out. He said, and when he came to himself, Everybody say, came to himself. I like what one old preacher said, you know, he had a robe, he lost his robe. He had a coat, he lost his coat. He had a shirt, he lost his shirt. He had a t-shirt on, he lost his t-shirt, and he finally came to himself. It's not a real good joke, but it's, a, it's pretty good. Now notice what, he came to himself. He said, now notice this, this is amazing. How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? Number one, he got a revelation of the provision of the father's house. Number two, he said, I will arise, go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He repented. You say, what do you mean? Listen, if you're, if you're bucking against tithing, bucking against offers, I'm telling you, Pastor, I can't get it. I don't know if I can do it. Repent. Because if, if you repent, God will grant you repentance and it will open the door to revelation. Because you can't give 10% of your money without a revelation. But once you get a revelation, it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier to the point that one day I'm believing God to give 90% and live on 10%. You say, why in the world would you do that? I think that honors God. And I think that shows that God is so big and so powerful and knows how to get blessings to His people that if you'll just believe Him, Lee and I have worked year after year after year after year in seeing our finances grow and grow and grow. That doesn't mean we hadn't had attacks. That doesn't mean we haven't had setbacks. That doesn't mean the enemy hadn't rose up and tried to do something. That means we've been able to overcome every bit of it by the Word of God and ended up blessed and prosperous. Bills paid, amen. Debts paid off. Vision of God keeps going forward. It'll be the same way in your life. He repented. There's been some times I've had to repent over money. I did the wrong thing. 
I've had to stand up in front of the church before and said, I did the wrong thing. I've had to stand up in front of other people and said, I did the wrong. Listen, always be quick to repent. Everybody say, quick to repent. Be quick to repent and God will be quick to restore. But if you just let it draw on and on, oh my goodness, it just gets worse and worse. So he said, repent. Everybody say, repent. He said, how many hired servants, I'll arise, go to my father, will say unto him, how many hired servants, my father, have bread enough to spare, bread in the father's house, but I perish with hunger. We find it here. I will arise, go to my father, and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and no matter worthy to call thy son. Now notice this. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Did you see that? Now there is a distinct character change from give me to make me. Now let me try that again. This is the point I wanted to get to today. There is a distinct character change from give me to make me. Now, I'm studying this one day and praying. The Lord spoke to me and said, it is not necessary for anybody to go to the pig pen to have a character change. The Word can change you. The Word is designed to change your heart. But so many people, they get just enough teaching on prosperity to go nuts. And they either do something so stupid like give all their money away and end up broke, or they do uh, things on the other side disobediently in not giving any or doing anything. It's the, the ditch on both sides is wrong. But it's staying right down the middle of the road, doing the will of God, hearing the Word of God, and more than believing God for stuff, you're believing God for Him. To come into your life and create a character in you. Amen. Now, real quick, my closing. Make me. Everybody say, make me. He started out, give me, but he said, make me. Make me. He arose, came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on him and kissed him. I want you to see the father. And the son said to the father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But now notice this. The next verse begins with the word but, which is a conjunction, which means the father just interrupted him. Amen. Everybody say interruption. There is an interruption of the father. I'm no more worthy to be called my son. But the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat and be merry. All right. Let's wind it up. His attitude is wrong. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme. Gimme, 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 gimme. And if you don't gimme, I didn't come here for me to, to give something. I came here to get something. You know, that kind of mentality. I need money. I need this. I need that. Did you know, if I had time, maybe I'll do it next week. There is a grace that comes on the impoverished, those with nothing, that God puts a grace on them to give. I'll show you in the, in the letters to the church next week. There is a grace that comes upon them. Paul actually says, out of your poverty, you responded to this need with the abundance of your heart. So there is a grace that can come. You say, well, pastor, I'm all for it. I'm all for giving. I'm all for tithing. I'm all for, but I ain't got a dime. 
The Bible says that out of your poverty can come a grace. Because it can be a change in your heart. When you're no longer looking for the give me attitude, it's the make me. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples? He said, follow me and I will what? Make you fishers of men. Upon the return of the prodigal, the father obviously saw something in him. And what was his response? An immediate outpouring of abundance. Not just a robe. Did you read it in the scriptures? Not just a robe. Did anybody read it? The best robe. Not just a ring, any old ring, but actually what it talks about is the signet ring of the family that has an emblem engraved into it in which when the family did business and and contracts were signed and those pools of wax were poured, those rings were stuck in that wax and that was actually like our notary seal or or, or the power of attorney or whatever you'd call that for the family. He was saying, son, you are now able to do business on behalf of the family. First of all, it was just just your portion. Now you have the whole thing. Amen. Then he put what? He put shoes on his feet, which does what? That empowers him to stand above. It empowers him or differentiates him from the servants. He's a son. I said he's a son. And now once he is received back into sonship, what does the father do then? He takes the calf that is, that is kept in the stall and fatted every day and massaged. I guess he'd be one of those, uh, what do you call them? They, they give them beer and massage them every day. He's a Kobe calf. Everybody say Kobe. That's, that's those $50 steaks, amen. So they're massaging him every day and they say, all right, go get the fatted calf. Kill him. It's time for filet mignon. It's time for T-bones with porterhouse. What is it? The filet on the side. It's time for ribeyes. It's time for the best fajitas you've ever eaten. It's time for abundance. The fatted calf was a type of abundance. Amen. And God did all of that for somebody who had not performed anything. He had only had a heart change. And when it comes to abundance and prosperity, many times what it requires of us to enter in is a heart change. Where our heart changes, where we quit getting on the internet and and agreeing with all those that are persecuting the rich preachers, when we quit worrying about what preachers are doing with the money, when we quit doing all that, get all of that out of our mind and just go to God and say, okay God, my money is a part of my living and it's a part of my life and I'm going to obey you and give you the part that you require of me. I'm going to do it in my local church. I'm going to do it for missionaries. I'm going to do it for the unwed mothers. I'm going to do it. I might might only start out with two dollars and two nickels. But I will start there. And I will believe you for abundance and increase. I will resist every attack. Every setback I will overcome. And I will stay with it and stay with it. And I guarantee if you will do that, you will end up one day with more than you ever thought you would have or more than you could ever produce for yourself. And you will go, what has happened? And you will see the goodness of your Father. Now my last thought is this. Study, go read the scripture later. The elder brother... Of the, of the prodigal son, never left. He was always at the house. But when he came upon the scene of the celebration of the return of his brother, he got so mad 
and he got so angry and he said to the father, you've never even given me, actually Greek says this, you've never even given me even a skinny goat. Well, well, he was mocking his father. And the father said, son, you're forever with me. Now notice this. It totally blinded the elder son to the grace and the mercy and the compassion of his father toward the younger son and the abundance he had given him. So don't be like the elder son. Some of you just need to get a revelation. There's bread in the father's house. You just need to get a revelation that God loves you and cares about you. And you just need to get rid of the give me mentality and just say, Lord... Just go very humbly to God and say, Lord, here I am, just like I am. Make me. Just, I know I'm a son. I know I'm a daughter. I know that's what I am. But I want you to just make me as one of your hired servants. And I guarantee you, God will begin to work a character change in you where you can handle abundance, receive abundance, and see that which God sees for you and receive it from Him. Amen? You love the Lord today? Lift your hands up and worship the Lord. Father, we worship you today. Now, Father, we thank you for prosperity and blessing in the lives of every person in this church that dare to serve you with their money. We thank you, Father, for businesses increasing. We thank you for raises and bonuses where people work for wages. We thank you, Father, in every area of life in which we have to enter into the world system and work. We thank you, Father, that your mercy, your grace, and your favor is upon us. We thank you today, Heavenly Father, that people are making decisions according to the Word of God to obey you in these areas of life and that they will see your blessing come into their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we bless your name today. We thank you so much for what you're doing here at Island Church, for your goodness, your grace, your kindness, your overwhelming mercy, Lord God. We're so thankful. Father, as we always do, as is our tradition, we lay hold of and claim Psalms 91. As that revelation dawned on us so many years ago, we've been faithful to obey it, faithful to confess it, faithful to walk in it. So we declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels of God have charge over us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any way of travel and transportation, we are safe. We are kept by the provision of Almighty God. In the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, whether it be in education, whether it be medical, whether it be uh, up in the petrochemical plants, no matter where it is, no matter what we do, thank you, Heavenly Father. We are the protected of God. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we thank you, Father, for your provision and for your blessing. Lord, as we leave today, we're so thankful for the door of utterance. Let us be a blessing outside the four walls of this church an answer to somebody's prayer, a miracle in somebody's life, a problem to the adversary. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. Lord, we walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. 
that he is the author and the finisher of our faith.